What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Beats in Basketball podcast. Is Paul George the most disappointing superstar of our time? Are the Lakers a lock for a championship? And the Western Conference really isn't the Western Conference we came to know in the past 20, 25 years. More to talk about on the BNB podcast. Let's get into it right now. All right, so LeBron James is seeking his fifth NBA championship. You know, the GOAT conversations get more and more intense as as LeBron gets closer to winning his sixth championship. Now, I know you still got to get to five and then still win six to really have the same amount of rings as MJ has had. But I really want to focus on the supporting cast of LeBron in his championship seasons. I really want to talk about players on each championship team that LeBron has played with that have played 40 plus games and shot at least 36% from three or more. So let's go into his first NBA championship, the the 2012 season against OKC in the finals. He had two players that shot higher than 36% from three. And then Ray Allen comes along. In the 2012-2013 season, he had the helps of Mike Miller, Ray Allen, Shane Battier, Chalmers, and LeBron too had a great shooting year that season as well. So five players that shot higher than 36% from three. I want to talk about the 2019-2020 season. He had three. Yes, three. Three is more than two, more than the 2012 season. But one of them being Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley played about 45 games last season and didn't appear in the bubble at all. So is, is that really a factor? I don't know. But going into the season with the new additions that LeBron and the Lakers have, we'll talk about that. He has four. And we t- let's just talk about the supporting cast. You know, KCP gets way too much hate. And I was one of those people that was liking those memes on Twitter about how trash KCP was. But KCP had a pretty, pretty marvelous year. He shot 38.5% from the three. And his three-year 40 mil contract extension is well-deserved. And he definitely deserves to be a starter in this league, especially for the Lakers. But let's look at the people that they lost. You know, Rondo's gone. Dwight's gone. JaVale's gone. Let's see who they made or recruited, I should say, back over. The possibility of Dennis Schroeder being a Laker. So you have the the, the runner-up of the sixth man of the year with 18.9 points per game as an addition. So let's just put him in the starting lineup and compare it to last year's. So this year's starting lineup Expected expected to be due to COVID. You have Dennis Schroeder at the one, KCP, LeBron, AD, and Gasol. This is just their second unit. It's Caruso, Wesley Matthews, Kyle Kuzma, Markeith Morris, and Montrese Harrell. Oh, and by the way, did play for the Clippers and is now playing for the Lakers. So not only does that make the Lakers stronger, but it also makes the Clippers a little weaker as well. And I know they signed Sergi Baca. I know he could space the floor maybe a little better than Montrezl Harrell, and that may help that second unit out better, may get Lou Williams back in his groove with maybe a pick and pop that he he likes to play with. I know he's a very ball-dominant scorer, so that might help his, his stats and his numbers. But the Lakers, with the additions of Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell, the two best, the two best bench players last year, Alongside Marcus Saul, to me, I think this team is even better than what it was last year. 
You know, LeBron James is, I don't want to say he's going to pass the torch because he won't pass the torch. LeBron James will always be LeBron James, no matter what his numbers show. You know, there's certain players that have that 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 field that it's always he's they're always going to be the alpha male, for better or worse. I mean, the late Kobe Bryant's the best example of that. LeBron James has just found a way this late in his career to still win, and I feel like that should be that I feel that should be notified as well that LeBron James is entering year 18 and is still as dominant as he was in year 11. But moving on, I just really want to talk about how great the Lakers are and really how not great the Western Conference is like like I we we used to bash the Eastern Conference and laugh at the Eastern Conference all-star team remember with Al Horford and Paul Millsap and Kyle Korver and Jeff Teague were all-stars and, and, the, and the Hawks won 60 games in the Eastern Conference and it was I, I want to pay my respects to the, the Atlanta Hawks that season but it was laughable compared to what was going on in the Western Conference. But the West isn't the same anymore. I know we're in a transition period in the NBA where the franchise players now from the past decade are on the decline. We talk about players like Russell Westbrook. We talk about players like James Harden. I don't want to say he's on the decline. He's, he's 31 years old. But it seems their better days are behind them. And then there's players like Luka, Jokic, Murray that haven't even tapped into their full potential yet. Like, I feel Jamal Murray's best basketball consistently hasn't arrived yet. But let's talk about the Western Conference. I just want to talk about Western Conference real quick. Houston will not be the same. We don't know what to expect from John Wall. DeMarcus Cousins has been not able to function in a full NBA season for quite some time. You know, it seems forever ago we've seen him play more than 50 games in a season. And not to mention, the loss of Austin Rivers and Covington is is very important because with a ball-dominant player like Harden, you need shooters. Like They still have Daniel House. They still have McLemore, Ben McLemore. They still have P.J. Tucker. So, I mean, they're not at a complete loss, but they're not as strong as they once were. You know, we tend to forget that the Houston Rockets could have been to the NBA Finals if Chris Paul stayed healthy in 2018. But moving on, let's just talk about the Western Conference for a second. Phoenix has improved. Absolutely. Phoenix is, is is ready to make some moves. They're all in on doubling down on, on Devin Booker. I think Chris Paul, what he showed in OKC when it was less than 1% for them making the playoffs. I feel Chris Paul's stock is going up even though he at one point had one of the ugliest contracts in the NBA. But are they good enough to compete against the Nuggets? Are they good enough to compete against the Lakers? That's that's a sweep. That's a sweep. It's a gentleman's sweep at most. Memphis is not ready to, to take strides yet. They're, they're not. John Morant is the best player in his class right now. I know people want to say Zion this, Zion that. We haven't seen Zion play a full season. Jaron Jackson and John Morant will not take it to the playoffs. They'll play in the play-in tournament, but I guarantee they're not going to make it. Minnesota, they got the number one draft. They they snagged Anthony Edwards. That's great. D'Angelo Russell and Cat are all stars that are in their mid to late twenties that I feel still haven't played their best basketball. And the tandem between them, they have great team team chemistry. They play great. They're friends off the court. Great. They're not gonna make the playoffs. Or if anything, they'll play in the play in tournament. To me, I feel no one's taking steps forward 
aside the Dallas Mavericks. You know, we haven't seen Porzingis play his best basketball yet. I, I, when, he, when he became an all-star in New York, we didn't see... He was climbing the hill. He was climbing the hill in, in terms of making those strides and being an, an all-star, a, a borderline superstar. And I feel Luka is just... <laughs> Luka is in a league of his own in, in terms of, of, of young NBA players. I've, we've never seen somebody make jumps like that from his first to second season. You know, we talk about LeBron James in his rookie season to his sophomore season, there was a jump. He was a he went from a rookie to a superstar. Luka went from a rookie to a top three player in the league. So yes, Dallas is on the rise, but they don't have the playoff experience that team the Clipper the Clippers have, or even Houston has to tell you the truth with James Harden, or especially the Lakers. But can we talk about Denver? Denver, Denver's Denver's insane. Denver's insane because they end up with a draft steal every year, and it's the most insane thing ever. You know, this year they got R.J. Hampton. For those that don't really watch basketball outside the NBA, R.J. Hampton was a highly recruited high school athlete. He goes to play in Australia. Yo, He was the first person to go play pro overseas before LaMelo really did it. That was notified. That was really on pages and stuff like that. So he played in the NBA, NBL with LaMelo, just on a different team, of course. And he, the kick a ball, athletic guard, shooting questionable, but he he's a pretty solid playmaking slasher. I know, I'm, I'm making 2K references as I go. That's how you know I've been playing a lot. Still haven't been able to secure that P5. But back to Denver. Bull Bull looks insane. Like like last year in the preseason, we seen him playing in, 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 the, in the summer league. We were going crazy, but he just never seen the court. This year, I think he's ready to make strides. Porter Jr. is going to make moves. We have three players on a lock that can definitely make the all-star game for Denver. And that's Porter Jr. Murray, to me, is an all-star. We've never seen somebody score as such. ESPN uses the word nuclear. And, and as much as I really don't follow ESPN anymore, that's the best way to put Murray. He's a nuclear scorer. He can score at will, can score at bunches. And then you have Jokic, a playmaking four. That his post game is just insane. Like... I haven't seen a, that great of a mid-range jumper in a power forward or a stretch five, if you want to call him that, since KG in, in the Celtics and in the later half of his, his career. And the funniest thing about Denver is that it, Denver, to me, is a college student, a dedicated college student. Why, why I say that? Because they went three and five in the bubble. Who cares? It's the bubble. It, it, it's like you're it's like a college student taking their course it's like me in my courses right now the homework doesn't matter the little online assignments they don't matter what matters the playoffs and the playoffs for a college student is the is the is the finals is the midterms and yeah i didn't study yeah i didn't do my thing but i'm gonna lock in for that final and that's kind of what denver did they they went three and five in the bubble and then they go after being down three one in two consecutive series Against really good teams in the Jazz and, of course, the Clippers. They come back and win. The Denver Nuggets are the are those badass college kids that party, that have fun, but they get the job done. L like, to me, the Denver Nuggets, are, to me, are the most exciting team in, in the league right now. Because they get things done at any cost given. Down 3-1, going 3-5 and five in the bubble, 
but they're going to pass that course. And that's kind of what a lot of college kids are going through right now with this whole Zoom university. But to me, that's that and the Clippers are the only teams that can contend with LeBron's team in 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 Los Angeles. Are they better or worse? And, and what I'm talking about is the Clippers. To me, this is Paul George's last excuse to get to have any credibility still when he speaks. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. But what I mean is that Paul George always has something to say when things go wrong. You know, there's nothing wrong with failing. There's nothing wrong with coming up short. To me, any player that reaches the, the league, you've made it. And I respect that. But how many more excuses do we need? But reeling it back in, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about Paul George, because I talked about, we're gonna explain is Paul George the most disappointing player or all, our superstar, I should say, of, of our of our generation. But let's 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 definitely center in on on the Clippers. The dynamic, you know, there was rumors that there was eye rolls when Paul George was like, "Come on, guys, let's stay committed. Let's come back next year." Montrezl Harrell talks about. The Lakers having a sense of unity, a sense of leadership. LeBron James is such an awesome leader. I don't think that's throwing shade at at, at, Los, at, at, the, at the other team in LA and the Clippers. I just think it shows the different dynamics that are in the Staples Center between the two teams. We don't know who the leader is on the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard's the best player on the Clippers by far. Last year, we were arguing, was he the best player in Los Angeles? I still have LeBron James, and I'll take Anthony Davis over Kawhi right now. But we don't know who's the leader, who's the vocal leader. And to me, Doc Rivers, to me, as, as a Celtics fan growing up, I've witnessed what Doc Rivers has done in, in the years in Boston. There was opportunities that he could have seized and win another championship. He didn't. Seven years in the Clippers with Lob City, the rebuild, and then the new look Clippers with Kawhi and PG has amounted to one championship. And that was with three aging stars in Boston. To me, I find that disappointing. But reeling it back in, that's that that's just me showing that I don't blame the players as much as I do. As as much as other people do. But Sergi Baca is the replacement for Montrese Harrell. I think that's gonna benefit Lou Williams better with spacing the floor. He didn't really have a six-man season that we're so used to him seeing, and we forget he's in his mid-30s now. But I think it'll work out. I think. With Ty Lu being a player's coach, where if he was able to handle the egos of, of Kyrie Irving, yes, LeBron James, and the other personalities of that Cavs team, I think he could do this. There's very there's very few coaches that, that have done this in, in modern times. You know, we I feel like Steve Kerr doesn't get enough credit. Yes, he had on paper the greatest team in the past 20, 25 years. You could argue the 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 96 Bulls where they go 72 and 10. But Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, they all need their touches. They all need their shine. And he was able to, to muster out back-to-back -to -back championships with KD and, of course, the other one without KD. But to handle that is a feat itself. And the only other coach that that has shown that he's been able to do it in, in the era of social media and, and just really the internet, to tell you the truth, is Ty Lue. So I think the Clippers can be a contender. They are a contender. Will they get over the hump? 
will they contend in the finals? I believe so with Tyloo. I think they'll go farther with Tyloo than Doc Rivers. But I still don't have anybody being the Lakers. You know, Frank Vogel was a questionable hire to me. I, I really thought Jason Kidd might be a better fit being a player's coach, being a player before becoming a head coach. But I think Frank Vogel's getting it done, to tell you the truth. He's letting LeBron be Coach LeBron. You know, the Kuzma is his development is questionable, but the guy the guy is 24. Like you really not there's really not much of a ceiling left with him. But I do have the Lakers being this year's champion. Like there's no question about that. But let's target Paul George. Let, let, let's lock in real quick. So Paul George recently said, I'm happy, I'm home. I want to retire Clipper. This this sounds like straight deja vu because didn't he do this with OKC? And didn't he do this with Indiana? In, 27, in 2017, PG said he never wanted to leave Indy before being traded. When he resigned with, with, with OKC, he said, I'm here to stay. We could bring this home. And now he's saying Los Angeles, the Clippers, is where his heart is. He wants to retire as a Clippers, as a Clipper. I just want to say that I respect Paul George. I acknowledge that he was in the MVP talks two seasons ago. He's a six-time All-Star. But to me, he's proven on three different franchises that he can't be that guy. And what I mean by that guy is to hold accountability for a team, to provide leadership, to just hold things down. We talk about players like that. I'm not saying you have to be a top five player. That's not what I'm trying to say. But players like LeBron, Giannis, Luka, Steph, Dame, those are players that are the quote-unquote that guy that can take those that accountability, win games, and showcase they're the number one on a team. I don't think Paul George could be a number one on the team. He, We don't know what number he was last season. It was a weird season for him. He averaged under 22 points per game, didn't make the All-Star game. It was, it was a weird season for Paul George. He, it was his best three-point shooting season. He shot great from, from field goal range, but it was just a, an odd season for Paul George. And I know the rumors with the injury with the shoulder is another thing too. But to me, considering the, the opportunities he's had, how many, let's just off the top of our head, let's name the all-stars he's played with. You know, <laughs> Roy Hibbert, I guess, was an all-star, so let's just list them off. Russell Westbrook. We talk about Kawhi Leonard and the supporting cast uh, of, of the Clippers. How many more chances do you need? You, you know, I understand what Miami was a powerhouse when his time in Indiana but to me, OKC was a great opportunity to be that number one. Westbrook took a seat back in the second season. And where did that end up? You know, play, playoff P was, was pretty embarrassing in, in, Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City. Two first-round exits. So to me, I wouldn't call Paul George a superstar. You know, I feel like a superstar is a top 10, top 12 player in the league. You know, there's the elite five. And then there's the people right behind that. And there's a bunch of stars. I consider Paul George a star and a, and a solid star, not not a borderline star, not a not a 85 on 2K. Like Paul George is nice, but Paul George to me is, is the most disappointing person we claim to be a superstar. And I don't say that in, out of one bad season because Paul George makes Paul George has made it look easy. 
And what I mean by that is that he broke his leg. He came back. And the way he, he came back from an injury made other players look bad. We look at a guy like Gordon Hayward, two completely different injuries. Don't get me wrong. Don't don't get me wrong. Everybody recovers differently. But the progress and in, in, in the improvement in the game in the in the parts of his game that he made post injury made him a more complete, well rounded, and better player. Whereas Gordon Hayward, a guy like that, that that suffers a leg injury, goes from being a number one ball ball dominant player in, in Utah. So now being this past season, the fourth option against two other wings that are younger than him. You know, so Paul George deserves a lot of respect, but it's just so disappointing to see Paul George, like what he's panned out to be career-wise. And, 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 and I really want to transition this into another player. I want to talk about James Harden. Houston, we have a problem. James Harden was spotted at a gentleman's club with, in Drake's words, Credit cards and a lot of ones, yeah. George, I have it more than James Harden, and it really has nothing with him going to a strip club. Seven-time All-Star from six-man to MVP. Harden not going to the finals since 2012 is really not his fault. We talk about the 2018 season. Let's just bring it back a couple years ago. There was a stretch in 38 games where they went 32-6 and six with Chris Paul. If Chris Paul doesn't get injured in the 2018 Western Conference Finals, they will go to the finals. Will they win? To tell you the truth, I think they had a shot. But back to reality, Harden wants out. Let's just let's just stop going down memory lane because we know what it is. We know the shortcomings. We've witnessed what happened has happened in Houston. You know, James Harden has had CP, has had Westbrook. I think CP3 was a better fit because he could shoot the ball a bit better than Westbrook. But it just wasn't enough to get over the hump. Mike D'Antoni is definitely liable for this. I think more than James Harden because you need you need a sense of rebounding. You need a sense of rebounding in, in, in whatever conference, whatever era, whatever type of playing style you have. You need a sense of rebounding. But Harden wants out. And the rumor is that he, he wants to go to Philly because he, he's not get, seeing anything in, in Brooklyn. It's going to be awkward if, if he plays the beginning of the season in Houston. But he's playing with two former All-Stars that have yet to see a court consistently in more than two years past their prime. With two, with losing two shooters in Austin Rivers and Covington, Houston is in big trouble. You know, I feel maybe they won the trade in bad contracts with swapping Westbrook for Wall. Because he spaces the floor a bit better, kind of like CP3. But we don't know what type of John Wall we're getting. And I think Westbrook has showed, you know, we've seen he came two hours early to practice. Ooh, watch out. But Westbrook has a connection in Washington. He played—Scott Brooks was the coach of the Thunder from 2008 to 2015. If if a coach knows how to, to bring out the best in Westbrook, it's going to be him. He knows how Westbrook is. People— in, in this era right now, people in their early 20s, the rookies, the second years, they're looking at Westbrook as that guy that they could look up to and that work ethic. I think him and Bradley Bill can play well together. And I think it's a better alternative than him and Wall because Wall just didn't want to want to let go of that number one spot. But going back to Houston. Houston, I'm very worried about. 
I'm very worried about because to me, Houston's like an old BMW. It's nice. It has value, but it has a lot of miles and them oil changes is not cheap. So to me, I'm just Houston to me. It's sad because we talked about it earlier. It, we're in an era where players are aging and this is a transitional period. We have players like Trey Young, Luca, Zion, Ja. And now we're seeing the decline of, of Westbrook's athleticism. We've seen in the series between the Rockets and the Lakers, LeBron James is punching Westbrook's layups like nothing. And we're seeing LeBron out. LeBron being an anomaly, the athlete he is, kind of like makes us think that all athletes are going to just re go out in the sunset like that. You know, Westbrook is on the decline. John Wall, we don't know what to expect, but it's not going to be prime John Wall. Let's let's just let's just be honest here. Demarcus Cousins, we, I I'm rooting for him, but we how many more injuries can a guy take at that size and still be effective and get up and down the court? You know, Houston, Houston, I'm writing off, and I mean that in a respectful way. But let's just push Houston to the side and just talk other All Stars, for example. You know, Clay, sadly, you know, the Warriors, I didn't mention the Warriors and, and threats in, in the Western Conference because they don't have Clay. I don't think Kelly Oubre could be a franchise player. He said he could be, or is on the cusp. I don't see it. I see a B-plus player, a great starter at most. But guys like Clay Thompson, I'm not saying he's aging. It's just injuries. You know, we talk about DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall. James Harden, to me, has a lot of miles on him. I don't see James Harden being what he is three years from now. I don't know what to expect from Kyrie Irving. You know, yes, he's the best ball handling point guard, isolationist in the league by far. Like, I'm I'm not a Kyrie fan, but Kyrie can dance. Kyrie can definitely get down on a court and do his thing. But health, age, those games have an effect on you as you go deeper into the seasons. And LeBron, just to me is an, an anomaly like I don't know how he does it 18 years and he's still you could argue top three top two or the best either way I, you're right in your own light but we're seeing a weird transitional period where we're going to see players like LaMelo Ball players like Luca, players that are young taking those spots in the all-star game and that is all we got for this episode of the Beats and Basketball Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe if you enjoyed. And, of course, more content for basketball and music news on the way for sure. The NBA season is among us. The preseason starts this Friday. We'll be talking about a lot of stuff, posting stuff here on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening to. We'll see you very soon. Thanks for tuning in.